Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Smith, and today we are going to be airing part two of our interview with ex-FBI agent-turned-whistleblower David Baumblatt. Now, David has a story to tell, and you should listen because it affects both you and me and every American citizen. What you see happening to President Trump right now currently, where you have DAs running on the premise of investigating a man, not investigating a crime. These are things you typically hear in a third world country. You have Dan Bongino, as well as Dinesh D'Souza, coming out with a movie called The Police State. And it's no accident that these things are happening. And if we don't hurry up and do something to save our republic, it is definitely going down the tubes. And yes... A police state is something that a lot of people tend to think that we are currently residing inside of. So, with that said, no further ado, uh, let's get on to the interview with David Baumblatt. So, let me ask you a question. And this is uh, in my investigations of way back after 9-11. Uh, my interest was piqued in a lot of these things. We know Afghanistan is the uh, most major uh, importer of opium or opiate uh, opiates into the United States in the world. Right. This is their this is their cash crop. This is how they fund all of everything they do over there. Currently, the Taliban, while in power, what it, it, people can call them terrorist groups. They are they they are de- they definitely rule with an iron fist. They they don't have there's no feminism. There's none of that kind of stuff going on under the Taliban rule. But they would not allow the people to grow poppy. They wouldn't allow the farmers to grow poppy. Um, and, and so the, the, the opium export out of Afghanistan was damn, it was nil. Um, there was a guy by the name of, um, uh, Michael Rupert, who was, uh, an ex agent as well. And he was, uh, dead set on the fact that there were government entities that were complicit in bringing, uh, that opium into the United States. And he had tons of uh, tons of documentation to back that up. Um, and like you, he can't come back in the country. He's yeah. he he was he was ex- he was kicked out of the country. Now he's a guy who was born here, and he st- he still can't come back to the country. And he had just an amazing story to tell. And all of this kind of lines up. And so and then you see like movies like American Gangster, which is a based on a true story that talks about drugs being brought back by in our, by our own military into the United States. So it, it, my, I guess my question is, is that do you, do you see that kind of corruption? I mean, from an yeah. insider's perspective, I mean, is this so, really who we, who we have protecting us? Are, yeah, is, you're Eddie, you're a hundred percent correct. Let me rephrase this so that people could understand when I was in the military and I was in the FBI At the time, I still thought the government was different than the corporations. It was separate. And we're not a profit-seeking entity. You know, it's duty, honor, country, we're the government. But what I realized is the government is really just implicated underneath the corporations. And that we really don't serve the American citizens. We serve the corporations. And I just realized that that everything in the government, even though you think they're doing stuff, so even the FBI, when there's a case involved, there's political influence. There could be corporations influence. And I didn't realize this. I thought the government, it's like a cop, right? You think a cop's a cop. There's no money involved. He just does his job. Trust me, as you go up higher, we are a corporation in America. 
We're not, we're not a government anymore. We're a corporation and everything is about the money. Because again, I, I realized uh, part of the reason why my case got shut down is you got to go back. Radical Islamic terrorism, the Afghanistan war, the Iraq war, the FBI agents that were working those cases. Oh my God, money going there because that's where the money is. So I, I guess what I would say to the American people is our country to include our government, it's truly bought and sold. And I do think one of the reasons, and I go back to Donald Trump, everyone's jealous of him. He's, you can see a lot of people in the left. He's a rich, elite billionaire. My theory is probably Trump needs to be a billionaire because if he didn't have that money, he'd he probably have to, stand to work up for to the corporation. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, he, he, I, I love, it was so classic um, in, in the debate where he's sitting there with Jeb Bush on stage and he shushes him. <laughs> just, I, I, I thought that was uh, absolutely classic. And he says the reason why these people here are 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 booing me is because they're all special interests. They're, I, I these are do. all the guys that are funding all these people up here on stage. I, and he just went straight at the throat of everyone on that stage, Rubio, uh, Jeb Bush, and, and the likes all the way down the line. And um, you got to understand that the Bushes, for one, they're just they are not some conservative family. The, Prescott Bush. Uh, it was an, under investigation, and during the uh, during World War II, they owned uh, owned companies: Hamburg American Shipping Lines, Brown Brothers, Harriman Bank, and their assets were frozen because they were funding Hitler during World War II. Yeah. So it, these these are not the the guys you think they are. And then George Bush instrumental in creating the CIA, um, and then you find out that George Bush Jr. his uh, one of his best friends, James R. Bath. Um, whose name was redacted and then unredacted, and we know who he is now, uh, was the money man for the Bin Ladens. These were, the, the Bin Ladens were, were their buddies. Um, they vacationed with them. In fact, after 9-11, the only people allowed to fly when there was no one in the air were the Bin Ladens, and they flew them out of this country back to their own. And I think to, to reiterate to the American people about how I realized the government is basically just working for the corporations, the same thing happened to me when I went to China. And I was working for the corporate. When I was in China, I was working for Boeing and I was in charge or not in charge. I was part of a project. I was in I was part of the project that was the largest single overseas investment in the history of Boeing. The China uh, factories building factories in China. And the point is, I was in these meetings where I saw the executives from Boeing. Again, this is the military industrial complex flying out from Seattle, our headquarters, going to these conferences with the Chinese government, very high level. You think these people were brothers, drinking, shaking, hugging. And sure. I thought to myself, that doesn't look normal. And I just realized that we really are. You hear these conspiracy theories that the banks control us. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not going to doubt it. I really do. I, I think they just have so much influence that is every, everything is about the money. And whoever has the money has the control. And I think mm -hmm. America, we're just bought and sold. And, and that's the problem. We're, we're going down this path. But I don't have faith anymore that our government, to include our military, is sort of independent from the corporations and, the, you know, they have their own, you know, morality and this is what they're going to do. They are so much easily influenced because their budget and everything comes from the politicians. And the politicians are bought and sold by the corporations. So, yeah, security is the guise through which we lose our freedoms, right? Which is, you know, give me liberty or give me death. And that sort of thing is the is the opposing viewpoint of that. And this is exactly what happened uh, with with the with the uh, Patriot Act. And of course, you can be free in a prison cell. 
uh, free safe i say in prison cell not free but you're definitely safe and so uh and they're putting these prisons up you know a brick at a time around us and and they come every their bricks put up every time there is a crisis there's some more bricks in place more legislation to take Absolutely. more freedoms away and and now uh, a lot of people don't realize we do have in the united states right now there are fema camps empty with just amazing amounts a space to 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 house from my understanding almost a million plus people that uh, jesse ventura went um with uh i forget who it was but he had a show called conspiracy theory right i mean obviously yep. you look at these shows and you see them and you take a lot of the things they say with a grain of salt right you say okay this may be for more entertainment purposes but it turned out that the things that he was showing were very legitimate um, and he went into a place that they called or termed a family center. Uh, I believe it was in Georgia in this one. And he walks up to the front door of this place. that looks like a damn prison. It's got prison, you know, gates up and, but there are houses inside playgrounds and just how it just looks like a giant neighborhood, but inside of a prison. And it was called a family center. And he, he walks up, he knocks on the door and says, Hey, what is this? And, why are there people in here? Because there was a kid on the swing inside in, in, in the episode. And he, why are there people here? We can't tell you that. We can't. All these types. Of, so remember when Hitler, Hitler, when he rose to power, um, he rose to power because what he was telling the people was that um, that the people are starving in the streets and he blamed the Jewish people for hoarding a lot of the assets at the time, the money and, and the wealth. Uh, and, 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 and there were Germans literally starving in the streets. They were, they were, they were extremely yeah. poor. And so of course they, they, this guy spoke and he was very charismatic and he got the people under his spell when he told, when he turned on the Jews, I mean, when he really turned, um, he put them in what he called family centers. And that's what he told. That's what he told his population. They didn't know that these were internment camps and, and, and the, what he was doing in these camps, but they termed them family centers. And that's exact. I mean, and we, and we see the same thing that, that Hitler did uh, during the, when he burned the rash tag, he burned the rash tag. He blamed terrorists. He blamed the terrorists. He set up Reich security. We set we blame the terrorists. We set up Homeland security. The, we're following the same playbook. Yeah. I, I think the whole COVID thing is a good example. In fact, I ate my hat. I was in China during the COVID nightmare. If anyone watched my video three when I was working for Amazon. However, I had incorrectly argued with the Chinese saying in America, because in China they were taking away the freedoms. And I said, this will never happen in America. But it did. And I think what Americans should realize, <laughs> that's kind of like a warning, like a like a like testing the waters of the American people. And what, I what believe the American with? people failed miserably. Miserable, yeah. meaning I really think people are sheep. And, uh, you know, get the get the covid vaccine. Oh, if you didn't get it, then you're a danger. But all yeah. the American people need to do is look back whatever a couple of years ago and look how brainwashed we were on this easily controlled, easily fought against each other. And that was just a covid. Yep. I could tell you, I think dangerous times are coming. Yeah, dangerous I mean, I, I, the 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 idea that you had to have a mask on and be six feet apart and do all of these things was just made no sense at all. Zero sense. I, I, I likened it to this. Uh, just just take this as, as an example. If I told you tomorrow you couldn't come out of your house unless you wore a purple shirt and everyone who didn't wear a purple shirt was basically a terrorist or dangerous. I mean, it makes no sense, but that's essentially 
what they did. People fell right in line. They didn't question. They didn't read for themselves. And anyone who did read for themselves and anyone who investigated these issues themselves uh, wasn't even given you know, any kind of uh, time to speak. They, they, they weren't given any platform. Uh, but I think there were so many people on the other side of these issues that it became such a hot topic. Now, all of a sudden you see a lot of news organizations um, giving, you know, equal time and, and whatnot to people who stand on the other side of this issue. But just recently uh, Facebook changed their policy to go back to, uh, not allowing uh, information or what they term misinformation um, about the COVID vaccine, where I can tell you from my personal experience, my wife works in the medical industry, David, and um, she was forced in, in order to keep her job to get that vaccine. Upon getting the second shot of the vaccine, in which I preached against, I say quit. <laughs> Honest to God, I say quit. Um, about seven days after that shot, she is now deaf in her right ear and the vaccine injury that she incurred um, because it was done under the emergency use authorization of that vaccine. um, The insurance companies don't want to pay for the hearing implant she needs in order to uh, try to correct the issue because it was done under emergency use authorization. And there are so many vaccine injuries uh, to date in this, this poison and this gene therapy is what it is. Um, that they're using. It was created with mRNA technology, which was developed with CRISPR. So uh, people like Christine Northrup, Peter McCullough, as well as um, Dr. Scott Jensen, who I had the opportunity to have a great conversation with. These are world-renowned doctors who put their reputations on the line to come out and explain to people that what they're being told um, is not true. And yet, I mean, they tried to cancel anyone who spoke to these people or gave them a platform. Joe Rogan yeah. uh, was it, it interviewed McCullough and they tried to remove him from Spotify. It didn't work, but this is the level to which they'll go to, to stop people from uh, going against the official narrative, including the scientists and in, in, in that were uh, that did the experiment that did the uh, test on the vaccine or on the virus. Rather uh, they, they expelled or kept out of the loop uh uh, uh, the the director of the uh, of the CDC, and there were two other doctors on the other side of this issue from the WHO, and they were having weekly uh, they were having weekly calls, and during those weekly calls, uh, I forget the guy's name who headed up the CDC, uh, Red Red Red, I forget his name. Um, however, he essentially said. These two doctors said that this did not occur naturally. It did not just happen by terms of evolution. And that this is was this was their official story. Well, they changed their official story, and upon changing it, they both got nine million dollar grants for research from the NIH. So basically, get in line, tow the uh, tow the official narrative line, and if you do, we'll reward you. But if you don't, we'll cancel you. Yeah, I looked at that in a couple ways. The first thing is my theory is. People who have never worked for the government, I think they trust the government more. People who have worked for the government, I don't trust the government. So I think that might be one of the areas where I, I, people just believe what the government says. Because, because we like, want well, to. We want to believe it. We want to believe that there are good guys out there. We want to believe that this is the land of the free, the home of the brave, and our government is representative of the people, and they believe in freedom, and, and they're really trying to help. We want to believe all those things. We live in a state of denial. 
in order no, I to really do. And and then the second is is well, what about freedom? Meaning, I never got the COVID. I never even contemplated that. I was so convinced. I never even contemplated getting the vaccine. So my point is, if you want to get the vaccine, go for it. But the people who didn't, there was like a persecution against them. Sure. There was just it's like leave these people alone. If you want to get a couple booster shots, you could boost your you know boost your whole life up for all we care. But there and then the third is this comes from psychological operations. You know, if the government did the opposite, if the government said, American people, we've got mm-hmm. COVID, we've got this vaccine, but it's only in limited trials and we only can give it to the certain elite people per se. They they know how they could word it to the I would rest believe of the that. people we can't give it to. Sorry, we'll get you. Man, people will be fighting over it. But yep. when the government gives you money, gives you incentive, gives you like an ice cream cone, take the virus. Krispy Kreme donut and, and a vaccine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was weird. You know what was happening in other countries? There was in European countries. This is disgusting. They had it in brothels because prostitution is legal in Europe where they're giving clients free sex for the vaccine. This is they almost were, demonic. They had a, in Vegas, they had, a, you know, we have, you know, legalized or recreational marijuana now. And they were, they, they had their event called Joints for Jabs. So you go down and get the vaccine and they would give you marijuana as a reward for doing it. I I I'm not, I'm not that gullible at all. To the American people, if the government does anything for you, trust me, they're not, they don't do anything for free. They could care less, but I mean, everything was lining up to me, but guess what? I was surrounded, not surrounded, but there were enough people. Oh, you're crazy, David. You're, or I was putting their lives in danger because I wasn't vaccinated. I mean, I, I think the leadership lesson to the American people is look what happened in COVID. Look how much we were fooled and just oppressed by our government and get ready because round two is coming. If you thought Mm -hmm. that was it and hopefully, but I think history repeats. I don't think people look at the, look what's happening now. We could talk about Israel, but remember it with nine 11, we're like, Oh my God, emotions, Patriot Act. You're going to watch it. It's going to be happening here in America. There's going to be a terrorist attack and boom, there's going to be another Patriot Act coming our way. So let me let me ask you this, because I want to go on to some of those more current issues with Israel and and that sort of thing. But in Ukraine or whatever. Absolutely. Exactly. And and I think that's I mean, obviously, emotions are very high right now over these things. And they got a lot of very large Christian population in the United States that feels a certain uh, 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 a certain you know, way toward Israel, uh, you know, like me, I, it's not my country, but it damn sure feels like it. But yeah, um, we are, we, we, we're, we're seeing a lot of these things that take place. All of the issues that we, we covered thus far um, kind of trying to pull the veil back off of people's eyes so that they see the true face of government and, and um, maybe don't fall into the two party paradox and start supporting people instead of parties. And uh, this is this is this needs to be the way things are. I mean, there are people that you agree with, people you disagree with, issues you agree with them on and issues you don't agree with. Um, As I told you, I'm I'm trying to have this conversation with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Hopefully uh, within the next month or so, I get to do that. Um, We're we're trying to work that out right now. Um, I'm not a Democrat by any stretch of the imagination, nor do I believe in any form of socialism uh, or any of the reparations, which he is absolutely for. Uh, but he says enough other things that I do agree with that I think that I I'm able to sit down and have a conversation with this guy and exchange uh, an exchange of ideas. So 
what do you think took place in the United States? What, 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 what was the turning point um, that took us from a place where you could be a Democrat, I could be a Republican, and I could say, let's go to lunch. And what happened to that? Yeah. So I think a lot of it has to do with immigration demographics. You know, I'm from New York, but I don't really consider New York my home. So in my leadership theory, I I put faith, family, freedom, because in leadership, you have to be able to define who are you or what are we? What is America? Right. That's a good question. What is America? I believe 100 years ago, that answer would be more simplified. Now, is anything not American? Really? I mean, you can't even argue. I mean, you could you could say America's communism, right? So that's the problem. In my philosophy, I say faith, family, freedom, faith. We are a Judeo-Christian country. Are that's we right. still that? Maybe not, but that's our roots. Second, we are a European country. That's our roots. Are we European still? Probably not, but that's our roots. Freedom. That's why we had a revolutionary war. How's freedom going? It's going down. But the part of leadership is you have to define first. This is where non-Western countries have a strength. If I asked you right now to describe what is a Chinese person, a Chinese citizen, I bet your options or variables would be much less than if I asked you what's an American. Literally, what's not an American? Everything's an American these days. It's the kitchen sink. That's dangerous. There's no standard. There's no standard. You, you could be anything now. You could say, I'm a, I don't know, I'm a Satanist. I, I think pedophilia is good. Okay, and well, and that's, that's where I know I'm going to sound crazy for saying this, but it's true. We have taken freedom too far and we've misused it. Um, we, what we, what we, by allowing people to march down the street, waving flags and in solidarity with Hamas, um, we, we are now, uh, now vi- uh, criminals are the new victims. I and mean, we had, uh, teens uh, in Chicago swarm the streets, pull people out of their apartments, loot and riot and do all sorts of things. And the mayor uh, said, don't call them a mob. They were te- like we saw a man jump on stage with the famous comedian David Chappelle and try to stab him on stage. That man was free that night to walk. We, the street. we don't we don't have a value system anymore. We're not prosecuting criminals. We're, yeah, we, we're not we, prosecuting I, them. Because because like I said, we you know, if you're going to learn leadership, you've got to learn the the balance between morality and legality. It's the chicken and the egg, morality and legality. But let's just look at morality right now. You can. Now, here's something about China. They say China's an atheist country, sort of. But if you go into Taoism, Confucianism and Buddhism, there's still, uh, you know, doctrines of this is right. This is wrong. I don't think we have this anymore in America, because if you got it, everything's arc- relative. Everything because we want to be liberal. We don't want to offend everyone because really, if you think about it, communism and I define China more as fascism. It's and that's another conversation. But the point is, if you want, well, that's to what the left is as well. They're actually fascist, yeah, but they want to, they want to term everyone else to be fascist. It's gaslighting. Hey, Believe hey, like we do, think like we do, and if, you know we'll leave you alone. If you don't, we're going to attack you, and so the tolerance and and the freedoms and it, it just they just don't exist. And, and on, I think that, left. and that's the problem in America. We're losing our identity. But if you ask me about our foreign policy, I'll just do it real. We'll go in depth, but I would just say this. I view America as a Judeo-Christian country, European heritage that values freedom. Mm-hmm. Therefore, now don't, don't quote me on this all the way, but if there's a country that's Judeo-Christian, that's European, this would be Israel. This would also be Ukraine, I think then you should definitely have a natural bond. 
Now, I'm not saying we're going to be in a full alliance where we give them money and put troops on the ground. But I would say a country like uh, Ukraine and Israel, there should be a, a more normal bond than a country like China. You know what I'm sure. saying? China is going to be like, what the hell is China? Well, we have more we have more common ground. At least there are things Well, we should have more common ground. There should be more things we have in common than not, even though societally we we are different. Uh, but we do have more in common with European countries than we would have, let's say, with with China. That wasn't always the case. Uh, but I mean, we could talk about the history of China and the evolution uh, of China to, you know, to where it is now with uh, essentially uh, the government is God. You know, they have currently yeah. well over a million people in internment camps. Oh, they absolutely. don't allow the free worship of uh, of deities, no matter what it is. Even they had a, um, they had a, uh, and I'm, I, I work with, uh, and I interview all the time. I have him on here all the time. Nat Hung, who works with the, uh, who works at Epic Times, and um, he's very big on communism being the biggest threat uh, to freedom in the free, you know, in the free world. And he turn, and he, and he, and he does a lot of uh, groundwork on laying out how it is that communism is gaining these footholds and what are the tricks that it uses in Marxism and. Uh, fundings, uh, creating infrastructures. For instance, China's uh, building dams in some third world countries yeah, with proprietary technology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And who's gonna who's gonna supply the parts, the software upgrades, and that sort of thing? Uh, it's gonna be China. So either toe the line, or we're gonna cut your electricity off, or you're not but, gonna have but, running water. And 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 like I said, the key though to China is we got to look at our corporations. You mm -hmm. got to look at our corporate. If it if it wasn't for remember, we built this Frankenstein. We've mm -hmm. got to look at our core. And let's face it, Americans still want to buy cheap stuff made in China. Absolutely. We're a corporation. We got to look <laughs> at it from an economic stunt. But what I would say is this. So, and I've been a very, I've been a, a, a very adamant about this. The Ukraine war, 100% stay out of it. 100% stay out of it. Now, I want to get into that because I, I have a, I've, okay. I have an insight on, on the Ukraine war that, uh, I would really like to get your insight. And before we do that, I'm going to take a quick pause and okay. we'll, we'll, we'll come right back. Patriots, we're back with David Baumblatt, ex-FBI agent turned whistleblower. And uh, like I said, before the break, uh, we want to get into some of the current issues, right? So we're talking about Ukraine, talking about Israel. We're talking about a state, the state of affairs in the United States from Harvard, Yale, University of Washington, UC Berkeley and others, um, the things that we see happening here. But let's just knock one domino down at a time, starting with Ukraine. Can you give me some insight uh, uh, into Ukraine? What, what do you what do, how do you see this conflict playing out? What do you think the cause of it is? And bigger question for you on the on the other end of this is we, we immediately saw everybody yell ceasefire with the Israeli Palestinian conflict ceasefire, please ceasefire. I haven't heard one damn person yet say ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine and try to put an end to this. In fact, I believe even when Putin tried to say, Hey, let's sit down. These are the terms of which I will stop this. He was just ignored. Why is that on this side of, of the political aisle and in, in a completely different way in, in yeah. Israel? I think a lot of it has to do with influence and I'll compare Israel, China and Russia all together. So I think starting off and I'm, I'm a proud Jewish American, but Israel has a lot of influence in America It is what it is. And that's a whole conversation we could get into. But let's compare specifically China and Russia and again about influence. 
and that is China, you know, is about the second largest economy in the world. It could possibly be the first uh, largest largest economy in the world. And our corporations make a lot of money from China. Hence, our politicians make a lot of money from China. So China is handled more with kitty gloves. Russia, mm. the economy of Russia is about the size of the state of Texas or the country of Spain. Russia is actually not a very rich country. And their products and services really that they, you know, energy products and wise, we don't make that much money from our corporations, meaning the politicians don't make it. But if you look at Russia as a whole or China as a whole, you know, they're both enemies of America. I mean, they're, they're kind of in, in a similar fashion. But Russia has much worse of a name. China, not so bad. I say follow the money on that. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're going to look at the conflict, though, what's happening in Israel, it is apples and oranges because Russia and Ukraine, just like China and Taiwan, there are similarities of ethnicity, of, of historical land, and they look at them differently. Trust me, the mm-hmm. Chinese look at the Taiwanese as their brothers. They disagree with them, but they're their brothers. The mm-hmm. Russians look the same way with the Ukraines. Israel and, the, and Hamas and the Palestinians, my God, that is just two people who just don't get along for so many reasons. But the point being, as I say again, Ukraine, you could say, is part of the Russian influence. The same thing like Taiwan is part of China's influence. And the question to Americans is, what's in it for us? I mean, you, you really got to ask ourselves, what right. is in it for us? And I've made it clear, Taiwan and Ukraine, stay out of it. The Cold War ended. NATO should have been. And I was worried. And, and here's the story. So when I was in NATO, so I served in, in uh, NATO both when I was in Kosovo and I was stationed what's called the U.S. Army European Headquarters in Germany. So I graduated at headquarters. I was uh, when I graduated West Point, I was stationed in Germany. And the first thing that I learned very quickly when I was in NATO, NATO is the American European military. And what do I mean by that? If America stops spending money on NATO, if America stops giving leadership, I'm in, I'm in favor NATO, of that, by the way, the USSR doesn't exist anymore. I don't think there's a reason to have NATO. Absolutely. And if America doesn't give tanks and airplanes, in fact, I was stationed similar to like my name. My name is Baumblatt. There's a base called Baumholder in Germany. It is the largest concentration of U.S. troops outside of America. It's in Germany called Baumholder, Germany. That's the name of the base. That's where I was stationed. And I'm telling you, we spend so much money. So the point being is, is Ukraine and Russia are obviously in Europe. It is time for our European allies like Germany, like France, like Britain to start taking charge, save the American taxpayer money, save American lives, you know, whatever you want to call it. But it is time for Europeans to start doing their own dirty laundry. And so now whether they want to get involved or not, like I said, but I think to the American people, this is a war machine for America where the military industrial complex needs to make money. When Russia collapsed, when the Soviet Union collapsed, NATO should have been disbanded. It's done the opposite. Immediately. We've, Immediately. We've, we've expanded, expanded. So I look at the Russia conflict in Ukraine, very simple. It's in Europe. It's time for the Europeans. It's a NATO conflict NATO. is what it is. Let them do it. And I would stay out of it. Israel's a little more calm. We could continue to talk about Ukraine, but Ukraine is as simple as it is. I say it's in Europe. It is time for the America. I mean, I see this all the time, though, everything. I mean, we have homeless people in America. We have homeless veterans. We have so many problems in America. I don't understand why America still wants to spend money overseas. It doesn't make sense. We don't. We have so many. Yeah, it just it's the elites. It's the if elites. You, if you, if you took a it. vote today on spending, 
on all these foreign uh, proxy wars. Uh, that is what Ukraine is, is a proxy war. Um, if, if you took an up-down vote of every citizen in the United States, you you would find that that would fall flat immediately. People don't want to spend money in that war. And you definitely don't want to back Zelensky over Putin. They're the same person. Yeah. They're, the, the they're, soul, not, they're not different. You know, something I tell the American people that when I was living overseas, just like you say, you know, people from overseas are brainwashed. And I'm not going to argue with that. Americans were also brainwashed. And that is, we have it indoctrinated in us that if a country is not a democracy, it gives us the right to go to war. You know, not just go to war. And it yeah. just to the point of this Ukraine. Nation building. A, yeah, it, the, Ukraine is a corrupt country. I say, let them figure it out. Let Russia figure it out. It, and to the American people, you've got to look at our report card. We're not doing a very good uh, overseas foreign policy with these military expeditions. You know, it, we don't have a good track record. So for Ukraine and Russia, it's very simple. I say stay out of it and let the Europeans start taking charge. Well, you, you it goes even deeper. Well, you have Putin who puts his political opponents in prison, right? We all know this. He, he Alexander uh, Levinenkov was assassinated. Uh, it's corrupt. It's corrupt. It, 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 an ex 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 KGB guy, Alexander Levinenkov, was assassinated. They they poisoned him with with uh, radiation. Uh, everyone saw that, um, and they, because he, he he exposed what was going on with Putin and and what what he was doing in Russia, and he was uh, basically a whistleblower. <laughs> and uh, now you have uh, Zelensky who outlaw banned outright his opposition, and it put most of them in prison after his election. And now he's got a prescribed way for those who worship, you know, you know, God and whatever form they do in Ukraine. You can only do it the way that he tells you to. His his media is no longer free, um, and you know, they, it, he he didn't want the people in Ukraine to be able to use the internet. He didn't want people uh, showing exactly what was really happening over there. All of the telltale signs of a dictator. Every single one of those things is exactly the reason why we say we don't like Putin. But this is exactly what Zelensky is doing. And you have to be able to connect the dots here. Zelensky, is, his candidacy was bankrolled by a guy named uh, Igor Kolomoisky. Kolomoisky was, uh, he, he owned Privat Holdings, which is, uh, who uh, uh, excuse me, Privat Bank, and he owned uh, Burisma Holdings, which was, you know, uh, Burisma Energy. We know the Hunter Biden mm -hmm. story. $57,000 a month is kind of a bribe in order to uh, get any of the bad publicity out of the way, which is what they did with Shokin. They wanted Shokin out of the way so that Burisma could be listed on the New York Stock Exchange. So that was the reason why they brought Hunter on board. And Daddy came in and did exactly uh, that for them had the prosecutor fired son of a bitch, you know, every, the famous line, the real quid pro quo. And it didn't stop there because now we have audio phone calls between Poroshenko and Joe Biden, where he is literally telling on himself, he's telling, yeah, we need it, but we, I don't want Trump to start pouring money into the economy and then get before he gets sophisticated enough to know the details. I want you to close the bank. He's, literally scheming on the phone with Poroshenko who later on says uh, that Oshenko is working with the FBI. And I just need to know if he's really working with them, just tell me because he's scared that the FBI is after him and you have Biden on the phone, it, it basically uh, reassuring him that the investigation is over there. And all of this 
is public information now. The the recordings are out there. And yeah. it's nuts to me that the the US media continues over and over and over again to say um there is no evidence. There is no evidence. And the fact that they say there is no evidence to me is the biggest evidence that there is for wide, uh, widespread corruption and the fact that there's truly not uh, a free media. In fact, I, I'm going to play one of these uh, phone calls here. It just Have you heard any of these phone calls? No, no. All right, listen, I'll play one. First of all, let me know if you can hear the audio. Can you hear the audio? Nope, not yet. All right, here. Let me let me let me try this a different way. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it up on the uh, monitor and let's see if it uh, if it doesn't uh, software doesn't allow it to guys for the dead air people. But this is very important, and uh, I I really do want to get uh, David's take on these on these phone calls. So, David, can you hear it now? Yeah, I can hear it. So that's just one, David. That's just one of the uh, of the many phone calls uh, that Biden made. There's another one that I have where he, Biden literally is calling Hunter Biden, and he says to him, uh, "Get the red cell phone." They're not going to get off my. Then this is a quote: "They're not going to get off my ass about these documents." There are about five other places that I know they are. Get the red cell phone and call. Barack and Michelle and tell them that Operation Crash and Burn is a go. And this is this is not bullshit. This is on the level. These are uh, I heard these phone calls first on Dan Bongino's show, and I went and I immediately got copies of all of them. And mm-hmm. they are telling. I mean, they are absolutely telling. And and when you hear these phone calls, you immediately realize how big the swamp really is because our media is lying to people and telling people there is no evidence. And this guy is bar none, the most corrupt president to ever hold office ever. 
His grandchildren got money from China, Ukraine, Russia, Romania. He's corrupt as can be. So I think to the audience, and we'll, and we'll address it step by step. The first thing I would say is every time that we want to get in these countries because we say they're corrupt and we want to make them better, you know, th there's corrupt countries everywhere. So we're mm -hmm. like, well, we got to we got to worry about this. Crow, I mean, we're going to go to Africa. So there's there's countries everywhere that are corrupt. So what are we going to save the world? Number one. Number two, the whole point about us trying to uphold democracy is allowing that country to decide how they want to govern themselves internally, how they want. And we will not unethically or illegally interfere, which this is. You know, even in a private case, this would be FCPA, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. I mean, cor corruption's all there. So it goes back to the, to the American people. It's interesting, there's a story in the FBI, and that is, if you really think about Hollywood, you actually think about the job that I was in, foreign counterintelligence or counterterrorism. It, it, it's more Hollywood. Mm -hmm. However, there's another department in the FBI, and my buddy worked it, and we talked, and it's public corruption. And so this is a part of the FBI that that investigates congressmen, senators, you know. And the, I, the IA of politics. I yeah, guess. yeah. So, you know, it doesn't sound that sexy as foreign counterintelligence, counterterrorism. But my buddy was telling me, and he couldn't tell me all this stuff, but he would say, David, if you think what you guys are working, terrorism or intelligence, would make the news, that would shake it, you would not believe what happens here. And he goes, some of the stuff we, he goes, some of the stuff we're allowed to investigate, some of the stuff we're not. And I think to the American people, it's, 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 it's obviously common sense. What mm -hmm. is more shocking, corruption found in China, corruption found in Ukraine, corruption found in Russia, or corruption found in your own home yeah. country that your tax money is paying for? And you so you are you familiar with Jordan Peterson? Yes. Okay, Jordan Peterson has a saying that I absolutely love, clean your room. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and this, is, this is something, too. I hear these politicians, they always want to either – talk bad about these corrupt countries or save these countries, right? We got to get involved or, or China's corrupt. But it's like our house is falling apart in America. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you know, we want to save everyone, but there's people in America unemployed. We have our own, and I say it, oh, I say it over and over again. The rats are already in the house, our house. Like, why are we constantly worried about these corrupt countries overseas when we have so many problems here, well, the, mm -hmm. the issue is it's because the elites, meaning who really won in the Afghanistan war? The elites, the military industrial complex, sure. the generals. Ball. It's the same thing in Ukraine. Who's winning in Ukraine? Not the American public. We're losing money. I mean, we're not. So it comes back again. Our country is also corrupt. But that's the one thing that also opened my eyes when I lived overseas, because we're indoctrinated in America that we're a democracy, that we're America that all these other countries are corrupt, but not us. But mm -hmm. you've got to ask ourselves, our foreign policy is really geared at putting money in the hands of the elites, sure, the politicians. And it's really so to the American people, what exactly is our foreign policy? And I think the American people, they feel like they're widgets in a, in a, in a, in a wheel. They, they don't have any influence. They have any control until a guy like Donald Trump came along. They said, well, I can vote for him. But he's absolutely right. And that doesn't mean you have to be an absolute isolationist. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But mm -hmm. man, we are overly, overly extended. Yeah, overseas. everything in moderation, right? I mean, 
we, we all bitch about and complain about uh, socialism that are on the right. And then, and then they, they think that our standards are so far, you know, just, you know, that we're fascist. So that's the, that's the argument when, when in fact, in a society, in a good functional society, you are going to have some aspects of it that will tend to, you know, appear to be a little more socialistic in some way, shape, or form. There's got to be some touch of that. Um, that's the heart of the 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 government at that point, right? That's the conscience, and then the head or the brains of it will be more uh, conservative in that sort of thing. And I think there's a there's a balancing act that just the extreme in any direction is the issue. It's not that they, they, because they can completely coexist. Um, But the, the extreme on the right or the extreme on the left to any degree is just, that's the issue, the extremes. And they use those extremes in order to control us and keep us, uh, keep us separated. Right. I I watched an interview uh, not long ago with uh, some group that was on, um, it was on a Bongino episode as well. And this group, and I wish I would have, I, I, I don't remember. He's got so many episodes. I wish I could go back and find this particular one. But this group, the 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 entire premise of the group was to make sure that pe- political organizations that exist on the right don't get footing. They don't get uh, the following. They don't get to grow. They don't get to become anything that becomes a threat to them. Um, so they, they push left-wing politics, but anyone on the right, that starts to get any traction and gain any notoriety as an, as an organization and, or as a group, their, their whole premise or goal is to make sure they don't have a platform or they don't find one another. And it's illegal what they're doing and how they're doing it. And they even stated in the interview, we know it's illegal, but we're working with the FBI. And, and it was like this kind of quick sentence that he said and just left it. At, and no one said anything. Like, Hold up. Wait, go back. Didn't you hear him just say, that we're this is an illegal operation that they're engaged in, and they're doing it with the FBI. And he said it on TV like it didn't even matter. They're saying the quiet part out loud now, and nothing's nothing's happening. No, nobody's saying anything. They they are they that brazen, <laughs> like like Joe Biden saying they're going to blow up the pipeline uh, if between Russia and Germany two weeks before it actually happened. Said that we'll end the pipeline, and then when it actually happened. He tried to say no, he didn't do it. No, I mean, no. I, that I, I actually do think that. And that is because, and this is with the FBI, this is with their government. I believe Joe Biden gave an interview a couple days with some uh, mainstream media where they said, can we fight a two-front war? Something like we're in Ukraine, we're in uh, Israel, uh, or can we do this? And and Joe Biden was like, absolutely, we're the, you know, the, the strongest country on earth. And it reminded me of the Roman Empire, pride before the fall. Absolutely. And I I really do think the FBI included, they are getting so much more brazen because look at me. They even know it. There's really nothing much you could do on par of some type of civil war collapse. You're you're going to get crushed. I would say that, that what many people may or may not understand is the government, just like businesses and corporations, they want to grow. They want to expand, which they have been doing for decades and decades. What we have entered now, and I think we've been there for probably a couple decades or more, you are now seeing what it used to be private companies wanted to stay private. They wanted to stay away from the government. They didn't like the government. They wanted their freedom. 
But now these private companies turn into corporations and these corporations realize for them to keep growing, they have to collude with the government, government contracts, changing the law. And so now what you're seeing is you're seeing truly the corporations and the government are one and the same. And now you're seeing the FBI. That's the left as a whole, David. That's the left as a whole. These are the guys that used to fight the man. Remember, they were so against the man. And now these are the same people. Take your vaccine. You know, they, they, they have lost their way. You know, they used to be the rebels and now they are the system. And, and it goes back to the, to these overseas wars where the common everyday American citizen is realizing their life. I mean, that's probably a reason why our population is dropping. People can't afford to have kids. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Why are we constantly trying to save the world? The elites want to, because like I said, Afghanistan was a complete and utter failure for America, not for the military industrial complex, not for the politicians, not for the generals. It was an absolute win-win for them. Yeah. Because George Bush owned United defense and Halliburton had no bid contracts to go rebuild everything after they destroyed it. We actually had the Fox guarding the hen house under that same administration. We had Ben Ben Bernanke is, is the, is a, is the head of the treasury. And here's the guy that used to run the Federal Reserve. I mean, this is this was the most corrupt one of us. I can't say that now with the Biden administration around anymore. But at the time, the most corrupt administration that I had ever saw. Yeah. And, and like I said, I just don't think this is going to stop. And I my my political, uh, you know, forecast is this. I hope Trump gets reelected. But you've got to remember, Trump was already the president for four years. If he gets in, if he gets elected again. I think, one, he could be taken out or he'll just be rolled aside. But I don't think the system as its entirety is going to change unless it gets catastrophic. Because the people that run us are so powerful that I don't even think it's going to be solved the political ways. If people disagree, that's fine. But when I left America in 2010, how's America been going? It's getting worse and worse and worse. And I think people need to realize it's the corporations and the government that are destroying us. Well, I, I liken it to uh, a canoe. If you rock it real hard to the left, it's going to rock even harder to the right. You rock to the left. Eventually, it's going to flip upside down. It's going to keep going because I think we all agree, if you're you know middle-aged or older, we never had these political... And that's another reason. I think if President Trump ran for an election back in the 90s, remember Ross Perot? The I loved Ross Perot. I absolutely loved that guy. Awesome. I, I, awesome guy. But back then, the tensions weren't high enough But when Trump ran in 2016, it's getting worse and worse and worse. So a guy like Trump, who's a little radical, you could say, totally accepted. But if he would have ran in the early 90s or the 1980s, I think people would not have accepted him. As the system gets worse, people are going to get more radicalized. It's it's how it's going to be. The other thing was, is when they were asking him to run in the in the 80s and 90s, I mean, he was doing Oprah interviews and all of these establishment types that hate him now. He was saying the same things back then, and they loved him until he started exposing. Because now he's got power. He's got mm-hmm. power. You know, mm-hmm. let me talk, too, about the FBI. I'll give a story. And this it relates to the January 6th. Now, remember, when I was in the FBI, our designation of a terrorist, is probably what we can think of, which is you know sort of happening now. Can, in you, Israel. can you elaborate on that? What what would be what would be the characteristics or what would be utilized at the FBI to look at someone and say, hey, this person is a threat? What would be the bullet points? Give us. Well, 
And, and here's the problem, and this goes to my investigation. If it's a criminal case, it has to be more black and white. Like, we think you're a drug dealer. We think you're a bank robber. If we're going to designate you as a terrorist, what the American people don't realize, there's so much uh, subjectiveness, which is dangerous. So right. I see you wearing a, uh, what is it called, 1776, uh, you know, or don't tread on me. You've seen these sort of flags mm. or propaganda. Sure. Is that a terrorist? I think many of us would agree absolutely not. The FBI is. So the danger is, and, and I, let me make this point to, to, to illustrate this. When I was in the FBI, we designated radical Islamic terrorism. Now, after 9-11, I think most people would agree the people who flew the trains and planes into the building are terrorists. Now, let's fast forward this to January 6th. Those people now, which are whatever, middle-aged, uh, Republican, can't, they're using the same designation as a terrorist. That is a radically different characterization. We've got, you know, back in 2004, this, this Islamic radical terrorist who's, you know, mm -hmm. killed people. This is what we'd have to designate. Now, someone who illegally entered the Capitol building is a Well, only, terrorist. not just anyone, though. Only Republicans or conservatives that entered the Capitol building did they prosecute. You had uh, many people that worked on the set of Stephen Colbert's Late Night Show, who was obviously extremely liberal. Uh, none of them got prosecuted. Uh, I interviewed uh, briefly Ashley Babbitt's mother, the one who was murdered yeah. on January 6th. I watched that video and I, I looked at the investigation uh, done by the Epic Times and both or excuse me, all three of the people standing around Ashley Babbitt, the ones that were breaking the windows out, the ones who walked right up to the police officers guarding those doors and said, get out of the way or we're just going to go through you. And those police officers abdicated their duties. They they walked away and uh, they stood very close behind them, but they stopped guarding the doors. Uh, they immediately took weapons that they brought in. They had Trump hats on little MAGA hats, but they weren't with the, they weren't with the movement at all. They were there to agitate and do exactly what they did. And they started busting out the windows and that sort of thing. And here goes Ashley and, and there's police officers directly behind her to her right. Close enough, big guys too, close enough to where they could just grab this little four foot nine woman yeah. who was barely over a hundred pounds, had no weapons on her whatsoever. They could have just one handed and pulled her and, and that would have been the end of it. The coward on the other side of the door who shot her. Now I'm not in any way, shape or form advocating for the people that went inside the Capitol. I, I I understand the emotion of the day, but I understand also that there were some clandestine operations taking place that day that that agitated this situation very much so. And the reason why we know that is because they said so when they were asked about it. They wanted to know why we weren't showing all the video. And they said because it would have put a lot of their UCs in danger. And that was what their words were on the stand. But we have. Uh, you know, th those three people that were standing around Ashley Babbitt were all Antifa, every one of them. They, we know they were because they had they did their own podcast. They did interviews on CNN and everything after the fact. However, when they were on these interviews and they and they did their own uh, podcast and they talked about this. No one gave a damn that they were in there. CNN didn't even didn't even have a harsh word at all to say about the fact that they threatened to assault a police officer or that they went in there and violently crashed through doors and did some of the things they did. 
they only wanted to focus on Ashley Babbitt. All of none of these people were prosecuted. None of them, even they were doing the media rounds and they weren't prosecuted. You had Ray Epps who was there that day advocating two days in a row, advocating for people to go inside the Capitol. We need to go inside. There's a scene where you see him whisper into yeah, the ears I of some young that. men yep. and then they start crashing the gates through. And now he's finally indicted on a misdemeanor on a misdemeanor where we have Enrique, uh, forget his last name from the proud boys who just recently got 22 years in prison and he wasn't even in the yeah. Capitol. And, me- and they, 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 they paint these groups like proud boys, uh, Patriot prayer, not the Patriot prayer. There's a, <laughs> but yeah. Patriot prayer up in the Northwest with Joey Gibson as these supremacist groups or anti-government groups. And they're really not, they're absolutely not. It, and I, I know so many people in these, in these groups and they're not this. These are Christian people. They're, they're not white supremacists because they have uh, every race and, and even homosexuals and people are, are, they, they have the same ideology. They believe in the same things, no matter what walk of life they came from. So the, the media paints them in this light to make people think that they're bad actors. Hell, the, uh, the, the, the girls from the view just likened uh, the proud yeah, boys exactly. to Hamas. I thought yeah, that was exactly. the most stupid damn thing in the world. But I mean, it, it, you were, when you were in the FBI, were, were, were these types of operations taking place where they, looking at groups and then trying to misdirect or mischaracterize these people and then present that as uh, to, to the, to the public. And it, it did this kind of stuff go yeah. on. So absolutely. I'll tell you a story, but it's getting worse now. Like I said, when I was in, they tried to do it. Not as much political. Now, now it's getting so politically subjective now that mm-hmm. anyone could be it. So I'm going to give you an example. And, and before I do, I want to relate this to, to the East German Stasi, because the American public, this is what the FBI's turned into do. East Germany, God was dead. You know, the, the family was dead. And they wanted to know everything and anything about the people. They wanted mothers to betray fathers and, and daughters and brothers. So families were betraying it because they wanted information. This is what's going to happen in, uh, in America. So when I was in, I did actually a raid on a home of a counterterrorist. So a counterterrorism team needed an extra body. I was a breacher for a door. There was a search warrant, arrest warrant. This was obviously in America. This was a Middle Eastern uh, a home of Middle Eastern people. And anyway, I'll tell you what happened. But from a leadership standpoint, when I was done, it really gave me a bad taste in my mouth. And if you think that's bad, it's happening even worse now. What happened was now, again, I'm not read into everything. Like you could imagine the FBI, they just said, hey, you know, compartmentalization. Go in. Exactly. So I don't know all the details of what's going to happen. Share as much as you can, though. Yeah. I, I, if you can liken it to a specific case that you can say or a group that yeah, you can sure. actually so name. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go through it in terms of what it was. So, again, this was in America. This was a counterterrorism case, a counterterrorism squad that had an arrest and a search warrant for a house. And we lined up, you know, in the, in the early morning hours, we had a stack in there and we busted in the door and we went in there again. I didn't know any of the details, but I'm about to tell you what happened. Cause I was able to, to understand what state was this in say this was California. Okay. So we're in California. We go into the house. Boom. There is a, a woman, a man. There's two more people. I mean, look Middle Eastern to me. And we go through the house, arrest everyone, search the house. People get taken out. And then there was the husband, or I'm giving it away. There was a man and a woman 
and they're handcuffed on the couch. My job was to secure them, go through, make sure they didn't have any contraband weapons on them. They're handcuffed on the couch, and the FBI squad was searching the house. And I was told, okay, just, just secure them at the couch and just wait. So I was waiting there, and then the case agent, this is the person in charge of this, he comes there, and he reads them both their rights. I thought it was weird because usually you separate them. You separate them out. So I thought this is weird why they're both there. But he reads them their rights and he says, I want to talk with you. And as soon as they were talking, I'm standing there. I could tell it's a husband and wife couple. You could just tell. And they're asking them questions back and forth, this and that. And um, it was about uh, 15 to 20 minutes until the husband was like, hey, I, I want a lawyer. I want to stop talking. And at that time, he was like, Okay, David, take this guy out to the car. We're going to take him to the federal building and, and book him. So I take him out to the car, book him in there. There's another agent there. And I forgot one of my, uh, I think it was my handcuffs or a piece of equipment in the house. So I had to go back in the house to grab a piece of equipment. I go back in the house and the wife, she's unhandcuffed. She's in a very easy talking position to the agent and they're strategizing what they're doing. She's a paid informant. And the point was, is this is the <laughs> wife betraying the husband. Now, I'm sure a lot of people could say criminality criminality, national security, everything. And I'm sure people could make the other argument. I came out of there with a bad taste in my mouth. This is what the FBI does. And the January 6th case, and again, does people really think these are terrorists? That, that they, I mean, there was criminal acts. I mean, some of these people yeah. should go to jail for But we just had acts. it happen again. We just had it yeah. happen again, what, three days ago. And kid gloves were on this time. They, they yeah, I mean, they, I don't that know. wasn't an insurrection when these guys did it. Exactly. I mean, I believe there should be slap on the wrist, couple days in jail. If you broke any property, you know, pay for it. But terrorism, sedition, national security. No, I'm not buying it. And guess what? The FBI did the same thing. They're going and, and, and soliciting family members to betray other family members, to turn them in your next door neighbor, this and that. And here's the like the Hitler of, youth, right? Every they will infiltrate all these groups. This is what happened to me. They infiltrated West Point graduates to spy on me. Here's the problem to the American people. I'm not going to let I, that one go. I'm going to come back to that. Oh yeah, but, please do. Because I so let me give you an example. I was on wiretaps, as we can all imagine, sort of like the movies. There you are with the headphones, listening in on your subject. Now, criminal case, national security case. Let's go by the numbers. If it's a criminal case, let's just say drugs. You, we're, we, we got a case open and we believe the guy's doing drugs. By law, if the conversation's being had, so we're listening in on his phone. Who knows? He might be talking to his, his partner to, to uh, ship in the drugs. Or he might just be talking to his wife about who's going to take care of the kids that night. If it's not related to the crime, you're required by law to mute. And That's then right. go back in because it's not related to the law or to right. the crime. And right. it's very just like when now, you have warrants, when you have warrants and you go into a home, what are you looking for? Exactly. This is why exactly. it was so illegal what they did to Trump, because they got a general warrant and they it, it, they just took everything and they looked everywhere. And that's illegal. So here's my situation, what they're doing to me, because this is what the FBI does. If it is a national security case. What exactly is not intelligence? Everything is. <laughs> Everything you. is. You're, you're, okay, you have a homosexual lover, or I don't know, you like to eat steak and eggs. Everything, everything, everything. It's intel. We, they'll collect everything on you. And then you're like, 
what the hell does that have to do with national security? The guy likes steak and eggs and he likes to eat at Denny's restaurant. They'll take everything. And the point is, this is it. Now, if I was a foreign national, I don't care. It is what it is. A U.S. citizen? No way. But that's how it is. And because those January 6th, they were not labeled as criminals. They were labeled as terrorists. My God, you're going to unleash the FBI on you now. Now they're going to, they'll tap your phones or whatever, because that's what it's, I say again, that's what people, when I look at my case, are like, what? It's amazing that as a U.S. citizen, it takes less evidence to go after a person if you're accusing them of being a terrorist or a spy than it would if he's a drug dealer or a bank robber. You think it's the opposite. You think you need more evidence. I mean, a terrorist is a very, and look at the crime, you know, that you go to jail. I mean, this is a very serious crime. But if you're a U.S. citizen and the FBI thinks, so your question is, what is the designator? It's called the flavor of the month, as we said in the FBI. What's the flavor of the month? And I'm telling you, that flavor has changed since I left. Now, I, I say again, we were looking at radical Islamic terrorists. I think most people could agree. They're, they're terrorists. I mean, if it walks like a duck's tongue, we, we could say, you know, there were mm-hmm. there were people, there, there were threats to uh, lives. These people in January, and then, I, and then I make the point, if these people in January 6th really wanted to be terrorists, don't you think they'd be probably locked and loaded? Meaning they probably had the potential to do a lot more damage if they wanted. I believe the number one, yeah, they, they were basically taking guided tours through the Capitol, praying and singing Christian songs, a hell of a terrorist group. Um, they, they, but the reason I believe they wanted them to have those optics as being radicals and violent and all these other you know, just misinformation they put out into the ether. Not that there weren't some violence, not that there weren't some people that were breaking windows, but what they didn't show you was true Trump supporters and conservatives on the scene telling the police officers, what the hell are you guys doing? Do something about this. This is not what we stand for over and over and over again. Then there were other people who were swept up into what was going on. And basically this crowd was pushing them and they ended up inside the Capitol. So, there was all of these things going on. Also, I had friends that were on the ground and told me they were there were police officers there with masks on and badges weren't displayed or anything. They would come out into the crowd and they would, you know, throw tear gas into the crowd, disappear, come back. They were agitating people, intentionally agitating people. Um, and the fact that Nancy Pelosi had the option to have the National Guard ready and all, Trump made all the provisions for safety during that day and at that time. Uh, which they didn't take intentionally. And the Capitol police officers that were caught on video uh, said as much as well, they set us up. So when you take all of these things, I mean, like if you had one of them, you could, you could make an argument whether or not that's what happened, but then you have, you know, 10 points of contention that all get check, 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 check. I, yeah. I may not see the cake. I see you grab the, the, the flour. I see you grab the eggs. I see you grab the yeast. I see, I, I don't have to see it. I know that you got all the ingredients for it. I know that's what you're doing and that's what they did. And they used the optics that they created on the ground that day and the media who played along with it to try to label Trump as a seditionist. It was all in an effort to make sure he couldn't run it for president again, even though he said in his own speech, peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. 
Yeah, what what you're going to find is it's true. This is sort of done in third world countries in terms of politics is dangerous in these third world countries. Very dangerous. Not in America, right? Again, I think everyone could agree with me. When you grew up in America, politics growing up in America sometimes can be considered boring, right? No one paid attention. I think it was Trump who was the first one who actually put excitement and politics together. For me, it was Ron Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Ron Paul, definitely. But now you're seeing there's excitement, there's danger, there's because you're realizing America, I'm telling you, it's going to get worse. And the FBI, if you think about it, you got to do reverse engineering. What is a tactic of terrorism? Fear, right? When you saw the 9-11 towers come, it's fear. It's people dying. It's fire, destruction. What's the opposite of the FBI? You step out of line and they think you're a terrorist, they're going to slam that hammer down so fast that you're going to be afraid. And now you're going to live in your own country paranoid. Now you don't know who to talk to, who's spying on who. Notice the East German Stasi. Maybe your best friend now is working for the FBI and you don't know it. Puts Mm -hmm. paranoia in you. But that paranoia is easier to control the citizens. Because I say again, just like a corporation doesn't like unions, a government doesn't like militias, any of these groups, like religious groups, any of these tight-knit groups, the government doesn't like. They're worried about it. I'm not a fan of unions myself. And uh, lately, I don't think that the people who are in unions should be fans of them either. I mean, that's a whole different topic. But, I mean, when they're talking about creating autonomous semi-trucks, you know, ones that don't have drivers, but the uh, but the truckers union is pushing for it you just cut the worker out and this push toward ev cars in the in the united auto workers unions pushing for that when they won't need as many workers to put together cars because they're just assembly line it's you know it's very very you know that's it's a march towards socialism Have you noticed the ever-alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation. From Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, Wi-Fi router covers, hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries, this will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code PATRIOT and save 10%. Patriots, what you just saw was part two of this explosive interview with David Baumblatt, an ex-FBI agent turned whistleblower. And I am promising you that part three of this interview gets pretty hairy. And you're going to hear some things that are going to make you question everything that you ever thought about the agencies to which you believe are protecting you and protecting me and standing for law-abiding citizens and the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. It's up to you and I to hold these people accountable for the things that they do and the things that they don't do that they should do. And that's exactly what the Patriots Prayer is about. We're about engaging and getting involved and making a change 
We love our country with all of our hearts. And we don't believe that right now, at this point in history, there are any neutrality left. You're either helping or you're hurting. You're either for us or against us. As we try to get our country back and we fight for the soul of our country. And we hope that people wake up and join the fight. Because if people wake up, write their congressmen, get involved, get signed petitions, do whatever it takes to make sure that your children are not being indoctrinated in the schools that they go to, that your elected officials do what they say they're going to do, and they keep their promise, and they keep their words, and they're not spending us into oblivion, and that they don't serve special interests, but rather they serve the people. And that is what we need to return to. That is what America stood for. Land of the free, home of the brave. And let's get back to it. So the silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast. You guys have a great day. If you man enough, come stand with us, take USA back. And every time we pull up, all your gun is